Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. We are finishing a series. I would like to tell you where I'm going before I get into this message. Next week, it's Palm Sunday. We'll celebrate communion together as a family. Uh, We do that on the first of every month. We celebrate communion together. Love to have you for that. And then it's Palm Sunday, but I'm actually bringing you a vision message. Uh, I usually take this Palm Sunday to just reaffirm and redirect our whole church and really what I think is God's vision for your life. Um, I I feel like God's given me a word for you next uh, Sunday, uh, uh, Vision Sunday. I want to point our direction again towards what matters most to God. If you want to know what's on Jesus' heart, it's lost people. Say amen. That's what Jesus is thinking about today. If you want to pray the prayer that Jesus prayed... He prayed for laborers. He said, the the harvest is already white. We just need more people on the team to go reach people for Jesus. And so uh, we're going to talk about that next Sunday and then Easter and uh, Saturday. The extravaganza is just a great time. But last message in this series. Hey, if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you. uh, Find that message on YouTube. You can catch up on this series. uh, Always, you always can. By Monday, you can catch up on the series for the weekend. But last Sunday, we had one of our overseers, Pastor Tom Gaddy from Baltimore, Maryland. It was a wonderful day, everybody. Great message. I'd encourage you to get that. But I'm finishing this series on hearing the voice of God, on what, what you know that you know that God's speaking to you. Is it God? Is it, is it the devil? Is it the tacos? Come on, somebody. What, how, how do I know this is God's voice? You ever had one of those late night dreams? You woke up in the middle of the night and thought, God, is that you? Or... Taco Bell, is that you? Or, you know, who, who is, what, what am I feeling in my life? And I'll, I'll get to this in a couple of moments, but you can't trust your feelings. There ought to be a better amen than that. You can't trust your feelings. You can't, you can't. There are times if I, listen, choices lead in my life, my feelings follow, right? If I followed my feelings today, I'd be sitting around in loungewear covered in Oreos. Come on, somebody. That's what I feel like, not just on Sundays, but most days. I, I, here at midlife, I feel that more and more, just waking up in the morning thinking, I don't want to do nothing today, but I don't follow my feelings. I let choices lead in my life. The problem is when you let choices lead as a believer, you need to know that God is directing the choices of your life. You need to follow the voice of God. John 10, if you have your Bibles, John 10, we've kind of centered around this passage. Jesus is telling a story that is familiar to most everybody in the audience. It may be unfamiliar to you because you're not a shepherd. If you have uh, sheep or goats or that, you may understand this a little bit. But everybody Jesus is talking to understood this. John 10 and verse 3, the Bible says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd, and the sheep... Listen to his voice. I want you to notice how all the possessive language of this passage, how much it's his, him, belongs to him. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him alone because they know his voice, and they never follow a stranger. In fact, they run away from the stranger because they don't recognize the stranger's voice. You could put multiple herds of sheep together. This is what Jesus, this is the 
society, this is the culture he's teaching into, you could put multiple herds of sheep together with a few different shepherds, open the gate for them all to walk out into the street, and when they get to the street, if a shepherd would make a noise, if there's a voice, those sheep will begin to peel off into their individual herds because they'll only follow the voice of their shepherd. It would be amazing in my life if there wasn't so much noise in my head. Brady and I get to travel a little bit, and, and it's one of the things that refuels me personally is traveling, just changing my pace and my perspective in the place that I am. And I love traveling to big cities. My favorite place in all the world is New York City. Have you ever been to New York? Anybody been to New York? I love New York City. Now, I'm a kid from eastern Arkansas, born and raised in the deep south. That's where I get this Jeff Foxworthy accent from. And I love uh, New York City. And somebody asked me one time, uh, why why New York? Like, what, what's the attraction? I love other places in the world. I think uh, when we come back during the millennial reign, when God uh, uh, rules and reigns on the earth and we're priests and kings, I've asked the Lord to make me the mayor of San Diego, but that's another story. Uh, I'd like to live out a thousand years in San Diego, but... But I, but I love New York City. And somebody said, Pastor, why New York? You know, what's the, what's the attraction to New York? And here's what I always say. I walk around the streets. I just did this this last fall. I get up early and I get out to the streets and I walk around the streets of New York. And the noise is louder in New York than the noise in my head. So the anonymity, it, it, there's something about that for me personally that I get, I, it's, I get lost. Because there's just so much voice. It's true in your life that there's so much noise and I would love to be able to know the voice of God. I'd love to be able to know this is the one God called. And I'd love to be able to trust that when someone says to me, hey, this is God's will for your life. Hey, this is God's voice for your life. That I was mature enough, that I understood, that I knew the voice of the shepherd so much that I said, yes, that's right. Or no, that's not the right way. The truth is, even the best of us can miss the voice of God sometimes. You ever look across church and you think, man, I wish I had it like them. Man, I wish I could follow God like them. Man, I wish I made good decisions like them. Man, I wish I was as spiritual as them. And the truth of the matter is, the best of us can miss the voice of God sometimes. It happens in the Bible. The apostle Peter, Jesus is meeting with the disciples and he said, who do men say that I am? And a couple of disciples said, well, some people say you're Elijah and some say you're a prophet. And so, you know, some say this and that. And Peter spoke up, the loud mouth of the bunch. I like this kind of guy. I have guys like this on our team. He's kind of Jesus bodyguard. You know, mine wear cowboy hats. I think Peter probably did too. And anyway, he's kind of loud mouth. And he said, no, you're none of those people. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the most high God. Jesus looks at Peter and he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. Let me, let me translate that for you. You heard God's voice. And if I'm Peter in that moment, I think, yes, I got it right. You ever done that in your life? You ever, you ever made a decision and then you get there? And it turns out to be a good one. And then you, you act like, oh, yeah, I knew all along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the men, only the men, right? Yeah. I, I knew that all along. I could see Peter going, man, I, hear, I got it right. I did the right thing. You read a couple of verses down. Not even the next chapter. Just a few verses down. Jesus says, 
I'm going to have to go to the cross and I'm going to die. And Peter, same loud mouth cowboy hat, Peter says, no way. I'm not going to let that happen. You're not going to die. This isn't the plan of God. Jesus looks, points his finger at Peter and says, you aren't hearing the right voice. He actually points his finger at him and he says, get behind me, Satan. Listen, how many of you have had that day where when you wake up in the morning, you get it right, and by noon, you're the devil? Come on, somebody. You know, if you've got kids, your hand's up right there. You know what I mean? Sometimes it don't even take you that long. Sometimes at 7 a.m., you wake up godly, and by 7.15, you're already the devil. You know what I mean? Already cussing and fussing and carrying on. If you've been married longer than about a week, maybe two weeks, honeymoons are lasting a little longer now, so I'll give you two weeks. On week three, you realize sometimes I wake up a godly husband, sometimes I wake up the devil. Now, your wife never does. She's always a godly, mine is at least. I don't know why you're married wrong. But anyway, always wakes up right and godly and following God. But, but sometimes I wake, sometimes I just get it wrong. Sometimes I just get it wrong. Sometimes I think God said. There have been times in my life, vocational ministry for almost 25 years now, there have been times in my life when I made a decision where I said, Anthony, I said, this is God's will. There are times, I'll tell you an embarrassing time, there are times when I stand on the platform in front of people, hundreds of people who put their trust that I'm the voice of God in their life, and I say, God said this, and then we get there, and it's like, eh, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Wasn't God. Even the best times, you can miss it. Sometimes somebody comes to you and said, this is God's will for your life. I'm going to talk a little strong. I hope that you're buckled up today for the last uh, in this. I have to get nice at Easter, so i got to get all of my pastoring out today. You know what I mean? Because I get real nice around Easter. But I want you to buckle up for this because there's a lot of spiritual-sounding people who pretend they have a word from God for you. And social media has ordained thousands of Facebook preachers who have a word from God for everybody else. They know God's will for your life. They know who you should marry. They know where you should go to church. They know why you shouldn't trust authority. They know every reason why everything's wrong about everything. The problem with most social media preachers is they don't have a church home. They don't have a pastor. They don't give, serve, tithe, or pray, but they've got a word from God for you. And sometimes I'm susceptible to believing the wrong voice. It sounds spiritual. When, when Christians get fired, you know, Christians never, I've never met a Christian get fired. <laughs> never. The Christians never call me and go, Pastor, I got fired today. Christians, really, spiritual Christians, not y'all, but like in first service, they always call me and go, well, Pastor, I'm in transition. <laughs> You're in Transition like you're on a bus? What are you doing right now? Like, are you, are you in transit right now? No, I'm just in transition on my job. You know, I think God has something different for me. <laughs> and then 10 or 15 minutes later, we realize you just didn't meet production and you got fired, right? But we use spiritual language. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know somebody like this? Yeah? When they, nobody's ever just left our church. They always, the season has ended. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just going to let y'all sit in that for a moment. But 
Pastor, I feel like my season's through here. Well, you, you, boy, you got about 13 seasons in your life because you've been in a lot of places. Anyway, the, the seasons, it's, it's always spiritual language. Sometimes people mask manipulation in spirituality. And they just want you to do what they want you to do, so they use spiritual language like God told me to tell you. You got to be careful about that. And if you don't know the, if you don't have a filter to filter through the Word of God, if, is that really the Word of God for me? Let me say it to you this way. Let me teach you this. Write this down. I did put it on the screen. You don't have to receive every word that says it's from God. Matter of fact, Brandy and I, we kind of make it a joke in our life. Occasionally or fairly frequently, somebody will call or email or say or write or catch me in the lobby and they'll say, Pastor, God gave me a word for you. And I'll listen because I believe in that. I need a word from God. I, I often need, I need a word from God today. I can't make it a day of my life without a word from God. Amen, everybody? So I'm, I'm open. And then the word comes and I'll just smile. That's awesome. Thank you. And then I'll go back to Brandy and I'll just, she'll say, what was that? And I'll say, I, I don't know because I didn't receive that. You don't have to receive every word somebody says is from God over your life. You don't have to receive that. You've got you to gotta learn how sometimes it's just gossip. Sometimes they're just trying to leverage spirituality to cause dissension in your life. Sometimes they're just trying to move you in the direction they want you to go. Sometimes it's just that you got to learn how to distinguish the voice of God from the voice of the stranger. 1 John 4 and 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every Facebook preacher. That's in the message. The message translation says Facebook preacher right there. Do not believe every person who says, God told me to tell you. Do not believe, listen to me, every feeling you have. You ought to be suspicious of your own feelings. You don't have to think every thought you have. You don't have to dwell on every time you think, well, I think this is the right way. Well, I, I, I heard this is the right thing. Well, somebody told me this is what this is the right way. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. But everybody say that next word. But do what? You didn't say it. This half of the room's lost. Everybody shout the word test. Test the spirits. I'm going to give you a test today. You need a test. You need a filter. You need a test to see whether they're from God or not. Uh, I had a, a pastor uh, told me one time, a man came to him and said, uh, Pastor, I feel like God spoke to me. You know we've been having marriage trouble and, and, we've been, and I think I got direction. And, and the pastor said, that's amazing. I'm, that's awesome. I'm glad you got direction about your marriage trouble. What did God tell you? He said, well, God told me it was okay if I left my wife and I moved in with my mistress. Look at me. God did not tell you that. You need to go home with who you came with today in Jesus' name. All right, everybody? <laughs> Save all that for Monday. Don't do it on Sunday. Just... No, God didn't tell you that. It doesn't matter how much you say I prayed or how spiritual it sounds. You got to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Shout a big amen to that. So I'm going to give you a test today. I'm going to give you four of them. I normally give you three points, but I didn't preach last week, so I'm making up for it. I'm going to give you four today. I'm going to give you a filter that you can know the voice of God. I've saved all four weeks for this. To give you a test, a filter, that you go, is this from God? 
Am I hearing from God? Did this word come from God? Did this, did this thought that I got in my, did it come from God? Is this feeling from God? Let me give you this test. Number one, I hope you're taking good notes. Write this down. Does it line up with the Bible? Number one, does it li- I'm giving you four ways to know if God's speaking to you. Does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? After you write it down, look up here. I make no apology about this. It's unpopular to say. It's not the way of modern, uh, maybe even modern theology or modern doctrine. It's probably, I know it's not the way of modern culture, but we are not, we're not a culture-based, issue-based church. We are a Bible-based, believing church. This is God's truth. This is the Word of God. And whatever I feel, when I compare it to this, My feelings are subservient to this. Whatever culture says, if it contradicts this, the Bible says every man's a lie and God's word is the truth. I'm going to let God be true and I'm going to let everything else be a lie in my life. This is God's word for me. Say amen to that. God's voice never contradicts God's word. If you can't find agreement in the Bible, it did not come from God. You can't say, well, yeah, well, they didn't know. Well, culture's changed. You're right. Culture shifted. Culture's changed. The world's on a fast track in a whole different direction. That's why we need an anchor that says it doesn't matter how fast it goes out there. I got an anchor for my marriage, an anchor for my children, an anchor for my life, an anchor for my career. I got truth here. And God's voice will never contradict this book. This is God's word. Say amen to that. You ought to love your Bible. You ought to read. That's why I think you ought to read your Bible through every year. Every year, you ought to wake up every day and think, I've I got I to get on a Bible reading plan. I have a Bible reading plan. Brandy has a, a, a devotion, 52 weeks in God's Word. She reads every single day. You know, I'm, I'm, why? I've done it for years and years and years. Why? After some point, don't you think, well, man, I've got enough? No. No, I, no it's, not that, it's not that I don't know what's in here. Because every time I read the Bible, the Bible reads me. And where I'm at three years from now, I'm going to read something totally different because I'm in a different place. Are you with me, everybody? I, I need to hear God's voice. And, and the only way I know the first test is does it line up with the Bible? Luke 21, 33 says, Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but God's word remains forever true. I refer to the Bible. When somebody asks me, when somebody says, what do you think about? My opinion doesn't matter. God's word matters. When someone says, hey, what are we going to do about it? Let's go to God's word and find out. When someone says, what's, what's our church's opinion? Our church doesn't have an opinion. We have God. We have God's word. We're going to go to God's word and find out. What's our church's stance on? Well, let's go to the Bible and find out whatever God says. Are you with me, everybody? When you need a word from God, it will always line up with the Bible. I'm not talking about taking one verse out of context. I'm not talking about playing roulette with the Bible and just flipping through and going, uh, where's it at, God? Right here. No, I don't like that one. Give me another one. <laughs> that, no, I, got the, I need the whole counsel of God in my life. I need everything in my life. I need context. I need to study God's Word. I need to be in a Bible study. I need to be around God's Word. Are you with me, everybody? I need to hear preaching of God's Word. I need to be taught the Word of God. I need to know, does what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, or what you're saying line up with the Bible? Because it's the first test to hearing the voice of God. 
does it line up with the Bible? You can pull anything out of context. You'll hear something and you'll think, I think that's in the Bible. Cleanliness is next to godliness. I think that's in there. It's not. It should be. It ain't. It ain't in there. If you don't know the Bible, somebody will tell you, oh, no, that's there. Oh, no, God's word says it like that. Oh, no, the Bible says it like that. I heard a pastor one time who said, there's not going to be any women in heaven. How do you know that, pastor? Well, I read in the book of Revelation, the first 30 minutes when we get to heaven, there's silence. (laughs) I did not say this. Somebody else said it. I said, I told, I told that same thing to some woman. She said, preachers ain't going either. <laughs> if that's the thing, does it line up with the Bible? I want the voice of God in my life. The te- I got to test the spirit. I got to test this word. I'm not saying be suspicious of every time you hear God's word. I don't think, please, when I preach, I don't want you to always just have suspicion, but I do want you to know, does that line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? Number two, Number two, I want to give you, how do I know God's speaking to me? Number two, will it make me more like Christ? Will this decision that I'm making, will this thought that I'm thinking, will this relationship that I'm entering, will this job that I'm considering, will this university that I want to go to, will this relationship I'm in, Will this breakup that is imminent? Are you with me? When you need direction from God, will it make me more like Christ? And by the way, this is the goal of your life after salvation. When you get saved, the theological word is justification. You're made right before God for all of eternity. God does all the work. Jesus saves us. It is by grace, through faith, and that's it. Say amen to that. But after that, it's all about your choice. That's called sanctification. That's where you decide, am I going to live my life more like Christ or apart from Christ? Am I going to filter my decisions, my choices, my relationships, my thought life? Am I going to filter that through the the filter of, does this make me more like Jesus? Philippians 2 and 5 says, in your life, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. The more I know God, the more I become like Jesus. The more I'm moved and consumed with what moves and consumes Jesus. I'm not where I need to be. Listen, I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm just telling you when I look back over my spiritual life, I I may not be where I want to be, but I better be not where I used to be. Are you with me, everybody? That I'm more like Christ. I'm going to give you, I didn't put this on the screen, but I'm going to give you this. the The first filter I use in this particular test of doesn't make me more like Christ you say, well, how do I know what's Christ like? You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving other people. Write that in your notes. You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving other people. Never. Jesus' ministry was never self-serving. I'm starting a series after Easter. You're going to love this series. You're going to look on it all eyes on Jesus. I'm talking about the miracles of Christ. We're going to use, have you watched? I shouldn't tell you. I'm going to tell you. I shouldn't. Have you watched The Chosen, anybody? I'm using The Chosen like we do at the movies, and I'm teaching the life of Christ after Easter. It's going to be an amazing, amazing series. I can't wait for that. Jesus' ministry was never about him. It was about others. 
And if you want want to know, does this decision make me more like Christ, is it about me or does it serve other people? If your life isn't about serving others, then it probably, you're not becoming more like Christ. If this decision doesn't lead you to serving, it doesn't lead you to loving others, if it's self-centered, self-gratifying, self so if it's all about me, it's probably not bringing me closer to Jesus. If it's all about others, it's probably bringing me closer to Jesus. Say amen to that. You don't have to pray. That's why I tell you all the time. You don't have to pray about leading a small group. People tell me all the time, Pastor, I'm praying about leading a small group. Why? You don't have to pray about that. It brings you, you're more like Jesus. Did Jesus have a small group of 12, yes or no? Then lead a small group. Pastor, I'm praying about joining the dream team. You don't have to pray about joining the dream team. Is the dream team serving other people, yes or no? Then serve. Get on an outreach team. Bring somebody to church with you. You don't have to, you don't, it's bringing me closer to Jesus. Are you with me, everybody? I'm more like Christ. Does this thing make me more like the goal of my life? The goal of this, if I meet this person, will it make me more like Christ? If I participate in this conversation, is it Christ-like or not Christ-like? If I, if I take this meeting, will it make me more like Christ or not like Christ? Here, I'm coming for you. If I send this text message, does it make me more like Christ or not like Christ? Are you with me, everybody? <laughs> one of the most spirit-led things you can do is reply, thumb up. <laughs> Some of the most spiritual conversations I've had are, got it. Because if I type what I want to type, it don't make me more like Jesus. Are you with me, everybody? If I say what I want to say, if I send this email like I want to, dear, I always type wild when I'm mad. Does it make me more like Christ? Sometimes I'll show Brandy just as accountability. Look what I just got. Here's my reply. She'll just roll her eyes. That's the Holy Spirit's eye roll to say, don't send that dummy. Just say thumbs up. Just say, you don't, it's not making, is, is, is it pointing to Jesus? No, but it's sure lining them out. Well, they don't need that. You're not God. Are you with, is this helping anybody? Does it make me more like Christ? Does it make me more like Christ? Does this conversation make me more like Christ? Does this exchange make me more like Christ? Is it, is it, is it, somebody told me one time, they sent me a long email and not in this service, probably first service, sent me a long email and told me everything that was wrong with the church and this and that. And it's cold, it's hot, it's loud, it's quiet, it's bright, it's dark. You know what I mean? Just everything, just everything. Sunshine's wrong, rain's wrong, clouds are wrong, clean water's wrong, everything's wrong in the world. And they just sent this whole thing. But they started the email with, after much prayer. I use the number one spiritual gift I have. I have a lot of spiritual gifts. I think I have the gift of faith. I have the gift of tongues. I know God's given me spiritual gifts, but he gave me one very, very special spiritual gift. It's the gift of delete. Come on, somebody. I use it in social media. I use it in email. I use my spiritual gift all the time. I just read this whole long email. It started so, so I've been praying after much prayer. After mu- I didn't pray at all. I just said, nope, not from God. Are you with me, everybody? You don't have to receive everything that says God. You don't have to believe everything you feel. 
You don't have to have, no, you're not hearing from God. No, that causes confusion. It's negative. It causes dissension. It's rebellion. It's not from God. I don't have to receive that. Say amen to that, everybody. That hurts some of y'all. None of y'all said it. Everybody's looking around going, who is that? Who's that? Who is that guy? Not here. Well, what if I, I, I thought this was right, Pastor? I thought, that, I thought I was doing the right thing. I've done the same thing. I thought I was hearing from God. The truth is sometimes I can't trust my thoughts. That's why 2 Corinthians, and, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Some people feel detached from your thoughts like it's a thought bubble that has its own life. You know what I mean? Like this thing is happening over my, and I can't help it, I just thought that. You can help it. You take that thought out of the thought bubble, you tell it, this is not making me more like Christ, and you will obey what Jesus says, and I think about what I think about. My mind is in my control. It's a part of my soul. I taught you this several weeks ago. Your mind, your will, and your emotions make up your soul, and you are in control of your soul. You can stop a thought in your mind. Well, I thought I was doing right. Stop thinking. Ask God. Is this, does this line up? I take into captivity everything. Maybe you still wonder. I, don't, I still don't know what to do. I still just need... Okay, I'm going to give you something. I found this in the book of James. I think this is fantastic. I think the book of James is a wonderful practical book that will give you some guardrails. If you're the kind of person like me that you just say, just tell me what to do, pastor. Is anybody else like that besides me? Just tell me what to... All right, I'm going to give it to you. James says what to do. Here it is, James 3 and 17. If you want to know if it makes you more like Christ, here it is. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, James 3, 17. Here's God's wisdom. It is first, it's all pure. Then, it's peace-loving. Then, it's considerate. Then, it's submissive. Then, it's full of mercy. Then, it's good fruit. Then, it's impartial. Then, it's sincere. There's eight filters. If you, Some of you are thinking, if i got to do that, I'm never going to send another email in my life. I, <laughs> none of my text messages have that. That's a filter. It's a filter to know, does this make me more like Christ? Well, is it pure? Is it peace-loving? Is it considerate? Is it submitted? Is it full of mercy? Is it full of good fruit? Is it impartial? Is it sincere? If you'll do that, verse 18 says, peacemakers who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. Does it make me more like Jesus? Say amen to that, everybody. Number three, I got to hurry. Number three, number one is, does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? Is it in God's word? Number two, does it make me more like Christ? Number three, I'm giving you a filter to know the voice of God. Number three, does godly counsel agree? Now, this is the one people in today's culture don't understand. I want you to circle the words godly counsel. Um, we're not a single issue church. I've taught you that a lot. We're never going to be an activist or single issue kind of people. We're just kingdom people. And that's what we're going to, I'm going to preach kingdom to you. But um, we are in a pervasive culture of echo chambers. We are in a culture where you can get someone to agree with you about anything. And then when you find agreement in our current culture, 
people tend to run to others who agree with them and they only talk in the echo chamber because you like the sound of the echo. Are you with me, everybody? We even, social media has even made it such that you can single out who you want to hear from. We start our posts like this. All my tired mamas. Well, you just singled out who's going to agree with you. Oh, girl, I know. I know my husband's an old He's dumb too. He's an old idiot. You know him. It's your brother. I know him. I, he's terrible. Oh, I, my kids is bad too. They don't sleep. I know that. I, oh, girl, I've been with you is right now. Ooh, ooh, it's wine 30 somewhere. Oh, I know, girl. I've been with him. Not y'all. Not y'all. Other churches I've heard. I've met Christians other places. When you start it that way, you really only want the echo chamber. Okay, I'll get off. Okay. All my people dealing with church hurt. Can we have a conversation? Well, sure, they're free on Sundays because none of them are in church. Yeah, they got plenty of time. All right, so here they go. Oh, I know. Oh, my pastor one time, he said, oh, I know. Oh, I, was, oh, I know. I spiritual abuse. And so, so it's not spiritual abuse when somebody asks you to serve twice a month. That's not spiritual abuse, by the way. Oh, I know. I, I read something. This is a true story. Yesterday, I read a church being sued in another state because the, the pastor said you need to tithe to be blessed. Oh, I know. I got to tithe. Can you believe God would ask me to tithe my, my money? I did. Church hurting. And you end up in this echo chamber. And then you'll get validated for your feelings that aren't godly feelings, but you've only asked for the echo. So don't look for agreement. Look for godly counsel to agree in your life. Can I get a better amen? We're not seeking it. Well, I talked to them and they said it was fine. Well, I talked to my, to my friends and they said it was okay. Well, I asked a couple of guys and they thought it was a good idea. I ain't asking. I want to know, did godly counsel agree in your life? The word of God in your life will agree with godly counsel in your life. Say amen to that. It's, I, listen, I'm not telling you something I don't practice. Recently, within the last month, Six weeks, I text my pastor. I have a pastor, by the way, that I'm submitted to that has veto power in my life. And I text him a long something. I quoted the Bible just in case he didn't know. I told him, Pastor, here's what I'm going to do and here's why. This is the thing. And I'm going to And I was... I was texting in tongues. And then... I was... Here it comes. I had laid out my case about why I was going to do what I was going to do as a leader. I'm the pastor. I'm the man of God. My pastor read it. You know, you can see when they read it. And I'm sitting there thinking, here it comes. He's going to let me go. I'm just watching it. And those little dots come up. I say, thank you, Lord. One line, so help me God. This, I wish it wasn't true. He's probably watching. Don't do it. So help me God. I had laid out a reason why. I was right. I had prayed. I heard from God. I had talked to my wife. I had a plan. One word. Don't do it. He didn't say another. We hadn't talked about it since. 
He didn't follow up. He didn't say, how'd that thing go? What'd you decide to do? what I decide to do? I didn't decide to do nothing. I got godly counsel. And I didn't do it. Because I sought godly. Sometimes I couldn't even trust my own feelings. Sometimes I couldn't even trust my own time. I thought I was doing the right thing. And godly counsel said, no, I know something you don't know. I've been doing it longer than you have. I know what you can't see. Don't do it. We have elders in our church. We have overseers in our church. I have a pastor in my life. I don't make decisions without running it by them. What do you think about this? How should we do this? Does this make sense to you? Am I thinking the right way? Proverbs 12 and 15 says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Proverbs 19 and 20, listen to advice and accept discipline. And if you will, at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Some people keep looking for agreement. You don't need to look for agreement. You need to look for godly counsel to agree. I heard about that guy that wanted donuts. Went by the donut place, which by the way, when I say the donut place, the hand of God rests on Krispy Kreme. Can I get a better Amen. It's like eating baby angels in there, just soft. (laughs) He drives by and says, God, if it's your will for me to have a baby angel today, let the hot light be on. Rides by Krispy Kreme, hot light ain't on. He circled that thing three times till the light came on. He said, thank you, Jesus. I knew it was God's will in my life. Hey, listen, you can circle around something till the hot light comes on. Don't mean it's God's will. Are you catching that? You keep circling around. Doesn't mean it's God's will for your life. Does godly counsel agree? Number four, here's the one I had to get to. I've been preaching four weeks to get you to this point. How do you know the voice of God, Pastor? Well, does it line up with the Bible? Well, does it make me more like Jesus? Well, does godly counsel agree? But if you met with me personally, many of you have, this is what I tell you. Do I have peace? You need to write this on your mirror in your bathroom and lipstick, or unless you're a dude, don't do that. Get a post-it note. Follow peace. Pastor, what do I do next? I don't know, follow peace. Pastor, which job do I take? Do you have peace about it? Well, no, not really. Okay, then don't do it. What are you asking me for? Follow peace. You follow peace in your life. It's powerful if you've ever felt this before. You felt you had a plan. You ever felt this way? Come on, I know you have a spirit-filled believers. You've had a plan. You thought I was going this direction, but you started walking that way, and there's something on the inside of you that you can't even put language to. It just wasn't peace. Look at me. Listen to me. This is going to help you. Don't look at pro and con. Look at peace. There's some decisions in my life that had tons of pros and no peace. There's some decisions in this church 
I remember a couple of years ago we were meeting. This is pre-COVID. We were in our third portable location. We've been in five. We were in our third portable location. We desperately needed a place. Our trustees found a piece of land, actually not far from here, just about a quarter of a mile around the corner from here. And they found a piece of land, had a beautiful uh, a lot, had a beautiful home on it. We were going to turn it into commercial offices, and then we were going to build an auditorium. It's going to be an amazing place. We put down a down payment. We entered a contract. I mean, it was there. We had 10 days of due diligence. Our trustees were all on board. They were doing all the work they possibly could. I just couldn't sleep. It's true. You can ask our elders. <laughs> they probably were upset. I called on like day eight. And I said, yes, we can't do it. Why? The numbers look good. The price looks good. The place looks good. I know. I don't have peace. By the way, that contract we executed in January of 2020, I had no idea. Six weeks later, we'd shut down our church for seven months. I just didn't have peace. I just didn't have peace. You've got to follow peace in your life. When Brandon and I planted this church, we left safety. I am not a risky kind of guy. Look at me. Brother, don't take risks. Don't ask me to go skydiving. No. Why would I jump out of a perfectly good airplane? God made me short because he wanted me on the ground, everybody. I'm not riding roller coasters with you. I'll, I'll hold your purse. I'll do that. I'll stay right here. I am not. I don't do risky stuff. I had a safe job, safe career, retirement, health insurance, big church. Nice office bigger than the one I got now. I went to my wife who had a four-year-old and a one-year-old and said, I think we're supposed to leave all of this. Why? Because I had peace. And you're sitting in my peace. Are you with me, everybody? Hey, here's what I want to teach you. It's not about me. I want to teach you that further down your life, there's destiny waiting on you to follow peace. God is counting on you to follow peace in your life. Follow peace in your life. Tough decisions. How do I know what to do? Philippians 4 and 6, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, pray. Ask God. I'm a nervous flyer. Anybody else a nervous flyer? I fly a lot. I get to travel a lot, but I'm, I'm nervous every time. It's probably about control, but anyway, it's another, another sermon. But this is true. I just got back from a trip. This is true. Every time I get on that, um, what do you call that, hallway of death? What do you call that thing? Jetway. I get on the jetway, and I stand. You know that little gap between the jetway and the plane, and the thought goes through your mind, I can get out right now. <laughs> I can just get out of here. And I have trained my mind. You can laugh at me if you want to. I've trained my mind to quote Philippians 4. I'm anxious for nothing because I pray about everything. I walk on that plane. I look right at the flight attendant. I look him right in the eyes every time. You fly with me, prepared to get embarrassed. I look him and say, hey, I ain't nervous about you. I prayed for you. <laughs> I peep my head in the cap. Hey, I don't know if y'all are new. Y'all look new. You're a little young, brother, but I ain't anxious because I prayed about this. <laughs> 
I pray. We got commercial pilots in our church. I pray about, I pray, I prayed about, I'm praying about everything. I got peace about this. And if you will, verse 7, Philippians 4 and verse 7, and then the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. And when you know it's God's voice, here's the, here's the last thing I'll tell you, then we'll pray. Listen, when you've, when you've looked at the Bible and it lines up with the Bible, when, it, when you've looked at it and said, does it make me more like Jesus? And it does. When godly counsel agrees in your life, when you've gone to godly counsel and you say, I feel good about that, there's agreement in godly counsel. When you have peace in your life, here's what you have to do. Write this down. This is super spiritual. Take steps towards what God told you to do. Look up here. Most of the catastrophes of my life were not following the wrong voice. It was refusing to follow the right one. Most of my problems did not come because I listened to the wrong voice. It's because when I did hear from God, I was paralyzed. And I've spent four weeks in this series to tell you if God's calling you, take a step. God's calling you to make this church home, make it home. Talk to a couple after first service in the lobby. God's calling them to move here. It's always God's will to move here, by the way. Never God's will to move away. It's always God's will to move here. <laughs> they said, we're moving here because we want to make this church home. I said, do it. It's scary. We got to sell the farm and the ranch and the house. And the, I know. But if God, if, if, if you got peace about it, we really do. Then take us, put, put a sign in the yard. Take a step. God's calling you to serve. Take a step. Come to Welcome Home next Sunday night. We'll feed you dinner. Our staff will be there. You get to meet our pastors. Join the team. Make a step. God's calling you to invite a neighbor to Easter with you. Just take the step. Walk across the street. I don't know, Pastor. I don't know. Just take the step. After Easter, we have water baptism. If you've never been baptized, God's calling you to baptism. Just take your step. We're a church of next steps. Just take your next right step. Just take, maybe it's surrendering your life to Jesus. Maybe that's where you are today and you know it's you. Maybe it's coming home. Maybe you've been disconnected from God for some time and you're ready to recommit your life to Christ. Listen, and you hear the voice of God calling, pulling, directing you. Today's the right day to take a step towards God. Bow your head's all over God's house. If you're a church online or maybe somebody shared this message with you, wherever you are, just bow your heads. And I'm going to lead you to prayer of surrender. But I can't pray this prayer for you. I can pray it with you, but I can't pray it for you. As a matter of fact, before we pray, can I ask you, every, every head's bowed and every eye's closed, if you're at a decision point, maybe not even a salvation decision, but some decision in your life, where you need the voice of God and, and you, need this te- you need this filter, would you just raise your hand and say, include me in this final prayer? People all over the house. Hands up all over the house. So, Father, I pray for every hand raised. Come on, keep it raised as a sign of faith to God. Father, I ask you for the will of God. Holy Spirit, you're the voice of God in, in our lives. You lead us and guide us into all truth. So I'm asking you to lead and guide every hand that's raised, every person at church online, every person who's debating this way or that way, does it line up with God's Word? Is it making me more like Jesus? Is my life becoming more like Christ? 
Have they sought godly counsel and does it agree? Father, I pray for peace. If it's not your will, God, if it's not the voice of God, I pray none of that lines up. The test fails. They get direction that way. Either way, I hear from God. Now, if you need to give your life to Jesus today, you need to come home today. Our whole church is going to pray this prayer with you. Again, it's yours to pray from the depths of your soul, but we're going to pray it with you out loud. Everybody say, Dear Jesus, thank you for the cross. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. Now listen, here's the part only you can say. It's about you and God in this moment. Say this so I give you my life, my whole life. I repent of my sins. I give you my mistakes. I give you my past. And I give you my future, my hopes, my dreams. Save me today. Be the Lord of my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. May everybody shout a big amen. Come on, give God praise for his word, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit City Hills TX dot com right now and if this message blessed you why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials i pray it's a blessing to others in your world thanks again for listening today god bless you